Hey, this is Nicole from Yaya Natural. Thank you so much for tuning in to Thinking Out Loud podcast. You can get a 15% off discount code by typing in T-O-L-P-15 on our website at www.yayanatural.com. This offer is valid until October 30th. Stay tuned for the rest of the episode. Welcome back to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. I'm your host, Coach Emery, a.k.a. Emery McMillan. And today I have with me a very good friend, Mr. Terrence McKelvey. Um, Terrence, if you can introduce yourself to the people, we can dive right in. Hey, uh, thanks for having me, for one. Yeah, Terrence McKelvey, uh, Buffalo, New York, born and raised, uh, but uh, living in L.A. now, you know, and just getting through life, enjoying it, you know, working hard and, and playing hard, too. One of those things. I see. I see. <laughs> Now, because you did such a nice introduction, and this is video, can you tell me what is shining behind you? That, well, that big blue light back well, the, there. The big blue thing, yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, I've actually named it. So oh. this is Deep Blue. Yep, Deep Blue. Deep Blue. After the, uh, the famous IBM chess computer from way back in the day. Gotcha. And um, so this computer I've been building or... I guess, upgrading its life since 2006, actually. Oh, wow. So it's not just like one-time build. No, this has been around for a long time and just constantly been evolving. And uh, so, yeah, it's a water-cooled PC. Uh, typically, it's a um, Threadripper 3970X, so like 32 cores, 64 threads, 64 gigs of RAM, 50 terabytes. Um, so, but it's always kind of like changing and evolving depending on you know, my style at, at the time. Right. And um, it's mainly for like 4K video editing, overclocking. I, I'm, I take part in overclocking competitions about once every month, once every other month or so. And uh, take the summers off here in LA because it's like 115 degrees out here sometimes. So winter, winter times I do very well because I can just open the window and get colder air in. Um, but it's just a lot of fun, you know, so helping me with uh, some of my video editing for my YouTube channel, like any other projects that may come up. Um, actually, I have a couple of YouTube channels that are being made. And um, I'm on TikTok as well, so I can use this for some of the more creative video editing processes for just TikTok, even though most people use a cell phone, but you can get kind of creative with the uh, desktop software for that really? stuff too. Now, now what is, what is the, the big fame, you know, uh, big fanatic thing about, about, about TikTok? I, I have never got on TikTok, so you got to tell me what that's about. Yeah, it's, uh, well, coming from like, I haven't started my YouTube channel in January. So I went to CES, like the big convention of technology, 100,000 people there. And so I had my like a Sony uh, RX100 Mark VII camera, you know, 4K camera, you know, filming everything. And it, it's, it's a fun process when it comes to like uh, getting involved with all that stuff. And those videos are like 10 to 15 minutes, sometimes 40 minutes, depending on like the subject. Right. But TikTok, it's 60 seconds at most, you know? So just doing a quick like how to um, set up a fan in a PC or the direction that air flows into a fan or this is a piece of water cooling, like how to stuff like that. Um, people just kind of like gravitated toward, toward that content on TikTok, you know, because really? I'm not there like singing and dancing or anything. I'm like, this is how you make your PC faster. And um, before I knew it, I have like 50 plus thousand followers on TikTok. That is crazy. That is yeah, crazy. I'm, I'm getting uh, an average about a million views a week um, wow. on TikTok. Yeah. So now, does TikTok kinda... monetize like other platforms do? Like, are you getting yeah. contacted by companies? Yeah, I'm, I'm monetized now, so I get paid 
uh, from TikTok videos I create, um, which is kind of cool. It's not a lot of money. They'll buy cigars, put it that way. Right. Um, okay. Hardware manufacturers, uh, I'll put it this way. The smart ones have definitely taken advantage of this viewership. So I have stacks of hardware that I still have to open up and get through now because I do like wow. reviews too and stuff like the microphone I'm using right now. Uh, it's the Fifine K678 microphone. They sent that to me for free as a review and I'm impressed. So I even do like a TikTok series of, you know, things that the technology that has been good enough to enter my daily life, you know. That where, is crazy. Yeah, it's just like, I didn't expect like this, the Samsung Galaxy Fit. Yeah. Um, I put this on and this was just one of those, like I got it because of like Samsung points. So I didn't like pay for it or anything. Right. And I put it on my wrist. Two months later, I'm like, I've been wearing this thing for two months and I'm enjoying it. Like <laughs> it wasn't one of those things where it was like, Oh wow, this is awesome. It was just like two months later. I'm like, this is actually really cool. Like I, I, I didn't even think of ever taking it off, you know, wow. uh, besides to charge it once a week. So there's, there's just kind of things like that. So I do a series like that and people like really appreciate it. Um, and so it got to the point where people were like, Hey, you know, what, um, uh, do you have a, uh, affiliate links for these products that you talk about? I'm like, I do now. <laughs> right. So I set up, so like my Instagram and all that stuff, uh, they have affiliate links for if it's a product that I really get behind, um, like some of the hardware inside of my PC. I'm just like, yeah, check my, the link in my bio. They click on it and people are buying stuff. So I get a piece of the pie of that too. Which is Dude, that cool. is not, did, so, did you, so when you got started on TikTok, did you, cause I know you're, you're a big like planning person. I know you plan things in your head before you to. do them. So did you know that this was like part of the goal or was this like TikTok for you? Was it just like getting on there, sharing information? Not at all. Um, so I'm on here mainly because of, of my wife. And so she's an actress. So like, I don't want to talk too much about her stuff, but um, she was doing some stuff on TikTok and would show me on her cell phone. And it was fine. I was like, you know, let me just install it on my own phone so I can like watch her stuff. Right. And um so then one day I saw on TikTok somebody, uh, his name is uh, Carter PCs. He was doing some kid, like 14 year old kid. He was uh, talking about computers. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like I'm used to YouTube talking about computers. So uh, I then filmed um, just something on my PC. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, this is my computer, water cooled, hard line tubing, you know, some of the specs. So I did like two videos and within like, 10 minutes i had like five thousand views like it was that just blowing crazy. up like everybody's like oh my god see this computer and everything so i was like okay so this is like more content about like how i made it this is like more what's what's in it and all that stuff and i think by the time i got to like twenty thousand followers like people were asking more questions about like who i am as an individual so i started yeah. to do more like some vlogging content here and there um but it's 95 percent all like pc and like tech related stuff and um so it just kind of like took off like that. And then seeing the direction that TikTok was growing where like, yes, I could be monetized and um, I'm getting uh, all kinds of product reviews, you know, for free and, um, you know, the affiliate link stuff. So it's like multiple income streams, which is kind of cool. And I just love playing with tech. So now I'm, I have like thousands and thousands of dollars of just free tech that I get to play with, which is kind of cool. And um, so I find I'm like, when I can do some like giveaways and stuff to my followers, but yeah, it's, it's been kind of nice. Um, and unexpected, I will say that. And plus with this whole quarantine pandemic thing, this has been a welcome distraction. I will put it that way, you know, because my day to day, like I'm in finance, 
but being in West Coast, the market closed at one o'clock, you know, right. so uh, typically, you know, after some extra meetings or clean up stuff for clients, around like 2.30 on average, like I'm done for the day. So what do you do? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So this was a nice way to, of being productive instead of, because I'm not a couch surfer. I can't like sit and watch TV for hours on end. Um, so like overclocking computers is what I would be doing anyway. So hit record on a video, show people how I'm doing it, get views and followers and all that stuff, which it was just kind of cool. And Dude. everybody's been really nice in the comment section too. Like, I've heard really that. That's interesting. I heard that, that, that TikTok is way more um, nice and interactive than the other platforms. Like people are very inspirational, motivational on TikTok, even with the, like, cause a lot of people I know do like those dance accounts and things. And that's what I thought TikTok was just for that, like only for that. And so people yeah. were saying like, they really just, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a much better, you know, um, friendlier community of people. It, it really is like even the, the tech community in TikTok, we have our own name and we're called tech talkers, you know? And wow. um, so we came together. I did one video about folding at home. And for those that don't know what folding at home is, it's utilizing your CPU and GPU processing power to help researchers better understand uh, the virus, the, the protein folding nature for COVID-19. Really? So, yeah, so we're analyzing this folding nature of the proteins and then sending that research back to, or the analysis back to researchers so they can find a treatment virus, you know, for this virus and all that stuff. And uh, it can be applied to like cancer, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, like all kinds of other ones, but uh, obviously COVID is the, the main priority right now. And um, so I did a video just like, you know what, everybody, I'm just sick and tired of this, you know, virus and this quarantine stuff. So I made a tech talk team for uh, folding at home. And so come join our team, you know, utilize your CPU and GPU power to help researchers, you know, fight the virus. And like almost like overnight, there were hundreds of people signing up and now we're in the top 1,000 out of 254,000 teams around the world. That is so crazy. So the tech talk community has made their mark, definitely. I don't even know what folding is. Like, even though you just explained it, I still don't understand what it is. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's been around for years and, and it's, it's developed a lot of nice, um, you know, research papers, some nice breakthroughs for cancer treatments, Parkinson's and stuff. So COVID is obviously the new thing and it's mainly GPU bound. So it's really like understanding yeah. a lot of like the 3D, like folding models and stuff and just helping researchers have the tools to better analyze what's going on because these proteins, you know, they, they mutate and all kinds of stuff with the, with the virus. So the, right. the more information they have, the better. And instead of just, turning your PC off at night, you could have it running, you know, folding at home to help us get back to our normal lives. So I can go have a cigar at my cigar lounge, you know? <laughs> that is, wow, man. Yeah. See this, and this is the stuff that I love because I've known you for so long. And, and honestly, I know that we like talked about phones and, you know, laptops here and there, but yeah. I never knew that you've been building. First of all, I never knew you were building computers since 2006. I actually, I built my first computer back in the late 80s. Yeah. <laughs> it was a 486 <laughs> DX2, 33 megahertz, 12 megs of RAM. And uh, uh, it was actually a little bit lower in at the time, but then I upgraded it uh, when I went to college. So in 95, I brought that to college. And man, that was the fastest PC uh, at my university. You know, with 12 wow. megs of RAM. People are like, 12? What do you need 12 for? I'm like, hey, why not? You know, <laughs> right? Okay, if I can, why not do it? You, you know, and uh, but yeah, uh, my father was always kind of like ahead of the game. Like we had like the Atari XE, which 
was a PC before like the real PC term was around. Like you it didn't even have a, like a floppy disk drive yet. Like those wow. were still like brand new shiny things. Um, and then like uh, we learned like DOS based commands and command structures and stuff at like home? that. And, at home, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then when middle school came around um, and uh, you're able to like use your PC to dial into like bulletin board systems and stuff like that, I was like all about that, you know, so pre-internet days. And I remember when uh, we were on Prodigy and you could send a message to somebody on uh, AOL. That was mind blowing at the time, you know. And so technology just came so far, man. Technology just oh, came yeah. so far. It's, it's amazing to see the things that we're able to do that people saw the vision for all these years ago. And, and you know, some of them made it to see these, you know, this day. Some of them didn't. Like I, the amazement that, that someone like a Bill Gates has to have when he sees how small computers can be versus that room he was in with, <laughs> with, the, with the big computers. Like this, this is, yep. it's incredible, it's incredible. So now I know, you, I know you work on technology and computers and obviously you do finance, you know, you dabble in finance. <laughs> well, that's like, I'm a, well, I'm a right. partner in a wealth management firm. So that's, right. yeah, that's my dabble day in, day a little bit, right. <laughs> <laughs> so tell yeah. me about that. Like, how'd you get into the financial world? Oh, um, through fascination, really. Uh, I bought my first stock when I was 16. Um, so that was, uh, actually we bought it on America Online's trading platform. Uh, it was uh, Atari as well. So we bought Atari at $9, sold it a month later at $12. And we bought it because the Atari Jaguar system was coming out. And uh, so it was just kind of like one of those timely things. Right. And I was just fascinated by, by, hey, you invest your money here because of a good idea or, or something a company is doing and you can make money from it. Right. I was like, all right, that's kind of cool. So then uh, I really enjoyed my economics class in high school. I went to Amherst High School and uh, that was just fascinating to me. And my teacher was also my track coach too. So like we really hit it off nicely. Nice. And then going to Lincoln University uh, in, in Pennsylvania, so the first HBCU, um, I knew I wanted to be in some type of financial major. Uh, and I had a really good advisor who I guess better understood my personality at the time because you know freshman year you don't know who you are when you're a freshman, and he saw I guess some of my quirks because I have quirks you know just like everybody else and he was like you know what, don't do business administration, don't do accounting, do economics, do something that's going to engage the way that I critically think about things because uh, I told him how much I love PCs and how much I you know uh, love the financial world and stuff and right. I think it was because of the, my computer background and enthusiasm about like complex things that he was like, yeah. you know, go economics. So it was more like theory based with some math and um, where, wherever I work after that, I can apply all that because, you know, business administration is cool, but, um, and accounting is nice. But when you go into any business uh, as an employee, they're going to teach you their way of doing things anyway. Right. But economics kind of like you're looking at more of the bigger picture um, and therefore you can be more creative in your, in your life, in the business world type of thing. So, um, that's kind of how my progression has gone. So I, I first got licensed in like the, the financial world in 1997, when I was still in university. Um, and, uh, that was, that was pretty cool, you know, selling insurance to my professors. <laughs> uh, it was, it was one way of making money and, and helping people at the same time. And, um, 
then it was just kind of one of those things like freshman year. I remember uh, one of my goals was to be a bank branch manager. And uh, lo and behold, a few years later after graduation, I built a bank branch, a key bank branch right. in Buffalo on uh, Main Street and uh, Bailey in that corner. I, I built remember that. that. I remember and, that. Um, so I've always been one for like setting, setting new and more evolving goals for yourself. You know, don't, don't just be stagnant with your goals. And, uh, but that was a cool experience and quickly found out what I love and don't love about that aspect of finance, you know, yeah. and um, I've always felt that if somebody is entrusting their, their, their hard earned life savings to you, you need to be able to be the, that fiduciary there. I didn't even know the, the term, at, you know, that term at the time. Um, but somebody that is going to be trusted to really take advantage of what's going on around the world to help that person the best way possible. And uh, banks, at least at the time, didn't really care for that. You know, they were more like revenue generating. What product can you sell this individual? Yeah. Um, and so I needed to be able to sleep at night, you know, so I quickly left that, that world. And yeah. uh, long story short, through a weaving path of the financial world, I found that uh, being a fiduciary or fee only investment advisor was the way to go where I felt like I was doing the best thing possible for clients. Um, there's no higher standard than being a fiduciary and, um, having the flexibility to invest how I see fit for my clients without right. like restrictions of, you can only use X, Y, Z's, you know, products at this company. Like, no, like having that full flexibility to, look out of like 30,000 plus, you know, investments out there, well, there's more than that, but uh, which ones are really ideal for my clients and why, right. you know? And uh, so that's what I, I love. And so I have clients that like all over the country now um, when I, when I can, and the world is different now, like I even do like the financial education for the Buffalo Bills rookies, um, spreading it out to actually to another uh, football team, another league as well right now. Um, and it, I even like go to like churches and uh, geez, uh, universities, actually high schools call me in sometimes to like do like workshops for the kids and stuff. So it, it, part of my job, actually half of my job is just education, to be honest, just, just what's going on around the world. What, what are these, what's an ETF, you know, what's a mutual fund, um, geez, what's a stock, what's a bond, you know, how does this equate to, you know, things going on in your life and um, why would we decide to build an investment portfolio this way when the world looks that way, you know? Right. So th that's a lot of fun. I I've always enjoyed hearing my own voice, I guess, you know, <laughs> 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 never really sure what's going to come out of my mouth, but I'm really excited to find out, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm the same way with that. Now, yeah. when you work with people now, so and now correct me if I'm wrong, but people who work with you have an advantage over other people because you didn't get into this industry because you saw how much you could make initially. You got into this industry because you were sick of companies not allowing you to really do what was best for people, right? Um, somewhat of that. I will, I will say that. Yeah, it wasn't the money thing. Because like when I was little, I was like, oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to be an attorney and all that stuff. Right. Back then, it was like those were the professions, especially a young black kid. You know, yeah. your parents are like, you know, these are the professions that make a good amount of money, especially my father being an attorney at the time. Um, it was more about who I am as an individual, like understanding my personality. I, I know I like computers. So when I went to university, I wanted to take some type of computer courses, but I didn't want to overdo it. I didn't want to be like, okay, it's my personality. Plus I'm studying computers. Plus then I'm working in computers. I don't want to like work nine to five on computers right. and then come home and then 
I don't want to enjoy my hobby. It was just computers. Right. Um, so in university, I was like, you know, I'm really enjoying this financial stuff. Plus I'm balancing it out with tinkering with my computer and all that stuff. So I'm, I kind of merged the two in, um, an internship actually, uh, I was with the Inrose internship program and Citigroup, um, hired me as an intern. So every single summer while I was in university, I was, uh, bouncing between different departments. So like accounting, global check services, finance department. And I worked on wall street as well with them too. Wow. So a lot of that, um, was mainly because of my background in computers and mirror, like marrying that or the marriage of computers with finance. So like when the whole Y2K bug thing was happening, they flew me to wall street, like every Monday. And I was flying back to Buffalo on Friday just to help them with the project to get ready for, uh, not only some Y2K stuff, but also for, um, uh, making their billing process more efficient. I'll put it that way. Um, so that was kind of an interesting experience and definitely a whole nother podcast. Uh, yeah, right, right. It, it was, it was a cool experience because I was understanding, uh, the workflow for an entire floor and then simplifying it in just like Excel macros. Like it, it was like an interesting experience to see how a large corporation was still basically pencil and paper, but like right. doing a lot of stuff back in 1999. Uh, and that was just mind blowing to me. And I'm like, I can do all of this, like 10 hours worth of work between like 12 people within 10 minutes, you know, like <laughs> a button, boom, done. Wow. And so, yeah, so that, that was interesting. Um, and it also gave me more exposure in terms of how corporations work because I'm analyzing all this work, saving the corporation money. And I'm wondering why HR is flying with me all the time. Most of the time it's because they were going to be laying off all these people. Wow. That, yeah. I'm uh, so you were basically training the system to replace the people. Yes. Wow. So, and it's always, it's always, that is such a, that is such a, a, a unfortunate situation when you realize that in that moment, like, like that, the moment you realize why they were flying with you, like that's, mm -hmm. that's such a gut punch and corporate America is so good at just yeah. milking, milking what they can and, and blindsiding people. And, and I understand both sides of the story. I mean, when you have an assembly line of literally like pencil pushers, mm -hmm. yeah, they have to look for efficiency at some point, you know? Um, and then it's also on those employees to find those opportunities to f get to that next level as well. Like you can't, right. you can't be complacent. If you're complacent in corporate America, you're going to get steamrolled, you know? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, it, it felt bad in, in my heart, but at the same time, I was just like, well, this is all you're doing. And like, you're a grown man, you know, grown woman. I'm, I'm a kid half your age. Like, I don't know. I, I saw both sides. And so it didn't yeah. hurt me as much as when I was running a bank branch. And then my only options were to sell a product that I know wasn't the best possible product for an individual, but that's the, the only option I had, you know? Right. So yeah, it, it, different things. So I need to be able to sleep yeah. at night. So that's why I'm Absolutely. Sure that, and that's and, what it's uh, all about, man. <laughs> Being able to live with your decisions, sleep at night, and, and just know that if you see someone in, in the street after you leave that company, they're not looking at you like, you ruined my life. You sold me this thing. Now I'm stuck in for 30 years. And you know, it, it's, we are, are, are decent humans, you know, and, 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 and I'll say that like as modest as possible, we are decent humans. And I think that that is 
what brought us to be, you know, friends and brothers, because I saw that in you. We worked in the same space where we were both required to do things that, you know, I didn't believe in what I was doing. I didn't believe in what I was telling people that they should do. And um, yeah. that was one of the reasons why I left. It was just like, I can't, I don't feel comfortable bumping into people. We, we, we you know, it's a small world. It's a big place, mm -hmm. but it's a small world. And bumping into people you have dealt with or, you know, provided a service to, and you know in your heart that this service is actually putting them in an uncomfortable position for the future. And you have to see this person down the line. You only represent the, the company you work for while you're in that building. Everything else you're representing yourself. And I think that branding yourself is more important than helping any business, any, any business grow. So um, and I, I think we should give a little bit of, of a background on what you just said. Okay. Um, so when I came into that company at the time, yeah. Um, I noticed that they were giving business loans to pretty much everybody that called in and yes. they were just kind of like throwing loans at the wall and if it's stuck, it's stuck. Great. Yes. And I'm like, okay, one, that's just horrible business practice. Like something's going to, it's going to be chaos sometime soon. Right. You can't do that. And two, you give them loans to everybody, like $350,000 loans, hundred thousand mm dollar -hmm. loans to people that you don't even know if they can afford it. You know, right. and it, it's going to be devastating for the life. So uh, within a very short period of time after getting acclimated, I was like, look, we need to uh, have our sales team work with our underwriters so that we're better understanding what we're doing yes. and and try to not only protect the company, you know, and issue more secure loans or, or better quality loans, but um, we're not ruining people's lives either. Right. So right. we actually got that going and, and, and improved that process a lot. But by that time, it was far too late. That, yeah, that, they had, that, I mean, we, we did so many. Yeah, we did that, so that, many. And it was it was like the feeling just having these people call in like they were so excited. They got approved and in my brain. I want to be like decline it. Don't take it because, yeah. you know, this is the rest. This is your kid's future. This is your kid's college money that you're going to be tied into. And if your business doesn't succeed the way you project it to, you're still obligated to this money. So yeah. um, it, there's, there's a lot of things and then interest rates and it's just, it was, it was a really bad time for, for people. Um, and they saw it the opposite way in most cases, you know, apply for a loan, get the loan. If you were smart, you know, you could find ways to make that work in your favor. But most people see loan, they just treat it like a loan. They don't reinvest yeah. the loan. They don't do anything to really make money from the loan money. So yeah. um, I feel like that was, like you said, you know, I'm glad that you did step in and do something about that because we were going down a path. We ended up still going down that path, you know, as a company, but you know, it could have been worse. It could have been way yeah. worse for more people. So definitely yeah. again, again, that decent human, decent, just human decency kicking in and just you wanting to be able to sleep at night is, is, is more important than, you know, saying we got 30, 30 loans out this month. Okay, great. But only 12 of those people really qualified and the other, you know, <laughs> they can't really you can't maintain it so that's so now transitioning to you going into um your your partnership now before you got out to california you also got to a company here in buffalo well yeah. in amherst but tell me a little about that yeah so that was interesting so um basically at that time i was I was kind of fed up on the, on the financial world due to, you know, just corporations just wanting revenue instead of like really helping clients and, and finding a nice balance. 
So most of my days, I was just chilling at Barnes and Noble on Niagara Falls Boulevard with my laptop, just kind of, you know, job searching and stuff like that. And I saw a, um, a new business and I'm not going to name the name of the business, but new business um, with one location opening soon. And so I went to their website and I liked their philosophy and, 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 and I really kind of dove in and uh, basically it's an investment advisory firm. And so I uh, go ahead and I, I threw my hat in the ring um, while I was still at Barnes and Noble. So I think maybe 15 minutes went by from when I hit send um, my phone rang and wow. two days later I was in their headquarters in Kansas, like meeting all, everybody. Um, it was just one of those things where like my philosophy and theirs just were in sync, you know, doing yeah. the best possible thing for clients. And like, there, there was kind of like a saying that I've always enjoyed where like, do what you do best, hire the rest. They were saying like the same thing. I was like, okay. Um, and um, compared to like all the other investment firms that were in Western New York at the time that I was kind of interviewing with, uh, they just kind of really stood out and they were like, hey, you know, these are the keys. This is your operation, you know, run with it. And I was still an employee, you know, but I was in charge. And yeah. so I grew that to the point of building a second location, actually, in Orchard Park. Uh, so right by the Bills Stadium as well. And things were going smooth. I mean, it was still Buffalo, New York, though, you know, so smooth in like Buffalo standards, you know, yeah. um, compared to like now I'm in Los Angeles, things are just different. So that yeah. hindsight being 2020, like, yeah, I was, I was, I felt like I was on cloud nine and all that stuff. Um, but being still an employee has its drawbacks. Like, yeah, I was employed, you know, so many people are not employed today. Um, you know, all my expenses are taken care of. Like if you make what in Buffalo, they say what, well, back then what 60,000 a year, you're living like a king, like no kids, right. not married and all that stuff. Um, so then, um, I did get, uh, married and so i needed to move to los angeles and that firm kept saying like hey we're gonna this is the corporate world now they were like yeah we're gonna like build a location for you in la and you know so you can manage that and everything will be fine same hoopla for a year right yeah so i'm flying back and forth to see my wife for a year right I and remember that. uh cause, yeah because she needed to be an la actress and so at the point where I'm just like, hey guys, what's going on? Suddenly now another corporation's coming through and buying the company I'm working for. So like that whole LA thing just got squashed, like not right. gonna happen now. And I'm like, I just wasted a year now. So um, yeah, so I was like, all right, peace. So I've, I um, basically I got introduced to a really nice headhunter. And um, so he kind of scoured all of like Los Angeles for me and found an incredible firm uh, who I'm with now, uh, Stratos Wealth Partners. And Stratos was like, hey, like one, we want you to be a partner in the firm. So, you know, you're an owner, um, you know, the basically option to do what you want to do, you know, right. brand it how you want to brand it. And um, you're going to make a lot more money. <laughs> right. right. Uh, Cause I mean, when you're a partner instead of an employee, like, yes, I have to take on my own expenses. Like, um, you know, my office is more expensive than my mortgage was in Buffalo, but hey, that's... I mean, but, I mean, but the, in all fairness, look where your yeah. office is, though, Terrence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah you have the best, you have the better view than anybody else. in yeah. California. Yeah, it's, I, I love my office. And, and honestly, it's, it, it, the community in Beverly Hills is honestly mind blowingly welcoming. I, I have Definitely. to, like, I, 
being from Buffalo, and I'm sure you may still have this view, where Beverly Hills, like all like bougie, people like with the little tiny toy dogs walking around and all that stuff. That's what I thought. And I was mm -hmm. just like, you know, if I'm going to be in LA young still, let me just kind of do it up and be in Beverly Hills. And, and right. ideally, a lot of my clients from the previous firm will want to come with me because they're seeing like them doing well and all, all that stuff. Right. And so the Beverly Hills Chamber of Commerce, mind-blowingly active, like just incredible people, um, wow. like doing like 200 events a year pre-COVID. Pre uh, so like I really got to know a lot of people, like referrals left and right for business. And I mean, it was just welcoming, like no, I, no racism, like no like excluding from events, just like, please come in and like whatever you want to do, let's do it, like type of thing. Like I, I was amazed, like absolutely. That's amazing, man. That, that is um, that's yeah. huge. Especially not knowing anybody in Buffalo. And, and, well, like, I, I have a couple of Buffalo friends that came to LA, um, but LA is just kind of one of those things where it takes effort to really see people because it may take like an hour to get from one part of LA to another. Yeah. Um, but yeah, extremely welcoming. And then just being with my firm, Startups with Partners, I mean, just the, the leadership in the firm is just on point as well as all the support as well. So like just the transition from my old firm to my current firm, they took care of like so much. It was just mind blowing. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 in a different level now in terms of self gratification. So I'm not complacent, but I'm really gratified to have this opportunity to be a partner in the firm, be with uh, some great people in Beverly Hills, and um, if COVID wasn't here, I would still be traveling back and forth to Buffalo a lot yeah. to you know see some clients there, my parents, and I keep an office in downtown Buffalo as well. But I haven't been there this year because of right. COVID. You know, right. I'm not going to be getting exposed on a plane right now, and then possibly like giving that to my parents. Like I'm not right, that, so. right. So yeah, it's better better to be. I mean, there's so many so many conversations about what is, what isn't, what possibly can be. The the thing that I, I feel the most importantly is that if if it's possible, it's better to be safe and than sorry. You know, it, it's yeah. and it's the people who don't take precaution that will be given to someone they care about that can't defend themselves against something like this. And you just never know. So to me, I just feel like it's better to be safe. I'd rather look back in a year from now, find out it was a hoax. And I took, you know, I made sure my mom was safe, you know, and, and, and my, you know, people were safe around me than to find out that there's it's deeper and it's bigger than we thought. And we didn't take precaution. So it's just, to me, I feel like, and, and again, the same way you are just take, take the precaution. Why not? You know, it's not that yeah. big of an inconvenience to take the few extra steps to just protect yourself and other people. Yep, yep, yep. And I've lost far too many people, you know, since it started. So yeah, I'm not even playing around. Like I, I go to the grocery store and back, you know, and- Yep. A good buddy of mine was in the hospital for about three weeks and he's been out the hospital for almost two months and he's still in physical therapy. It's just so, it hits people different ways. And it's, yeah. again, like you said, it's it's too much of a risk. Like the the, what I'd lose, is it's far more important than what I gain by liberating myself and, and just not, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's, it's, I personally feel like this has been one of the most amazing introspective periods of my life. I feel like I've grown so much in this time frame in just understanding how I work, how I function, the things that I really want, because I don't have my commute, my 20 to 30 minute commute every day to work. I don't have, you know, all the distractions. I have so much time to really hone in on 
all those things I said I would do if I had more time. And then right. now I have all this time. So that, that was my biggest thing to a lot of people is just like this, we can look at this as a, as a setback or you can go to that list in your mind that you always say, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. You have an abundance of time now. Most people had an abundance of time for at least three months. So mm-hmm. we could have changed habits. We could have broken habits. We could have, you know, shifted our, our weight, our mindsets, all types of stuff could have been done during this time frame. And so that's really, you know, what my focal point was, was making sure that when this thing is over, I come out better than I went into it. Right. How, how did it affect you? How did COVID um, impact you as far as just, because I, I know you're a, a, a person and we didn't touch on this yet. So I, I, I'm yeah. definitely going to, um, I know you're big on spirituality. I know you're, I know you're big and, and personal, on, like just connecting to yourself and, and, and the energy around you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, this has been an odd, ex, well, a trying experience in 2020. I'll put it that way, dumpster fire 2020. Um, because I think it was like the first week or so, two weeks in February, uh, I had three people pass away right away um, from this. And then like, it seemed like every couple of weeks, it was just like another person passing, another person passing. So that was something like, I'm, I'm used to having like lost people, like I think most people have, but for it to just be like, okay, like what's today's news going to be like, um, so yeah. rapidly that can bring anybody down. Um, so I definitely had to take additional steps to improve my mental state. Um, so I, I have been doing things like Taoist Tai Chi for almost 25 years now, like staying at temples and you know, opening the temples and all that stuff and uh, meditations, chantings, and um, that's helpful to a point, you know, um, but really it's like the day in day out of, of that plus the isolation of quarantine, um, plus with me being an investment advisor, the added weight on my shoulders of, okay, the markets are going to react some way because of this virus that we know nothing about, right. I have no cure for, didn't really have tests for at the time um in like february and um so yeah that was just a lot on my plate and um so i definitely have to thank my wife for being a rock you know she was awesome um at that time and and i hope i was helpful for her in certain things too but you know, you know, yeah. uh, you know women i don't know <laughs> but <laughs> when it comes to um sometimes you have to lean on somebody you know yeah. and and that was that was definitely helpful for me and then um, when I got more used to what this was going to do to the markets, cause I had to put my clients first in a way, you know, because I'm a fiduciary, I'm, I'm managing their life savings. So I really spent a lot of time just researching what's going on around the world. This whole, uh, trade war stuff. What, what does that relate to the virus? What, what is, uh, um, what is all that, like the shipping from A to B around the world? What is that going to do to supply chains? And what company is going to be affected with that? So like, I was like really going deep into that. So that was a good time sink and distraction, um, which is definitely something I needed. And then once I got more used to it and I was able to kind of calm the nerves of a lot of my clients, because, you know, this is new territory, you know, uh, nobody's, <clears throat> nobody alive has really gone through a pandemic like this, um, right. and it's, especially in the United States. So once we kind of got used to that, then I was able to focus a bit more on me. So I started, yes, doing more Tai Chi um, and uh, eating right as well. That was a big thing for me. So I was um, either cooking more or like doing what they call a uh, freshly, you know, basically the meals that the like pre-present meals sent to you. 
uh, because in like the Taoist arts, Buddhist arts, all that stuff, um, it's a balance of kind of you are what you eat. You know, are you eating right? And if you are, your body be healthy. Therefore, your mind can be healthy. And if your your mind is not quite there, then you're gonna kind of let your body go as well, like be a couch potato and like yeah. watch ten hours a day of Netflix and all that stuff. So, <laughs> um, so it definitely goes hand in hand. So I definitely. I don't want to say I struggled to find that balance, but I definitely had to work on it at that time due to just everything happening so quickly. And I definitely came out a lot stronger uh, from that. And then when it came to uh, just like all this like technology stuff with TikTok and all that stuff, that was a welcome distraction too, you know, making all these yeah. TikTok videos, how to's and um, getting to know the community. And then my YouTube channel started to pick up some steam as well. And that's its own community as well. The tech YouTube community is on point and very welcoming as well. And so I've made friends with people I never thought would even like <laughs> give me the time of day, right. you know, and uh, like we had an earthquake here last night and then like a couple of them like texted me like, Hey, you're all right. Like, wow. It's I mind blowing. You had an earthquake like, last night. Yeah, it was 4.7. So it wasn't too bad, but um it woke me up, I'll put it that way. And, uh, but yeah, like people are like, you know, tweeting and texting, like just make sure like everybody's okay. And I'm just like, why? Well, I, I wouldn't have imagined like, like some of these YouTubers would even like pay attention to me, you know? And uh, that's cool. So that's that, that's kind of cool. And so I definitely have made some friends that I haven't physically met face to face. I'll put it that way. Right. Um, right. And uh, some of them I have met in, at CES 2020 in Las Vegas, uh, and that was an amazing experience. Hundred thousand people together, like just all talking about technology in Vegas, and um, that that's what really, really kicked off my YouTube channel. And I really, actually, I should kind of preface this: I got into um, these vi video editing, video making um, parts of my life because I do want to do a uh, a YouTube channel on finance. And so I was like, uh, so I started getting like camera equipment and lighting, all this stuff. And I'm realizing I don't know anything about video editing and recording and all this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so I was like, let me start with tech. And so right. I was like, all right, let me go to CES and like film stuff. And like, because the, the technology community is extraordinarily forgiving for crappy videos. If your content is there, they're going to be like, all right, your lighting sucked, but man, that was a cool device that you talked about. You right. Know? Um, your audio was choppy, but we understood what was going on. And that was a really right. cool laptop that you were showing. But in the financial world, no, everything's got to be pristine. You know, yes. if it looks like you're, you're shooting a video on a potato, nobody's going to want to pay attention <laughs> or invest with you, right? Right. So I have learned a lot in 2020 when it comes to video editing. Like I have like box lights right here and stuff. And, um, you know, perfect. I'm using a, where are these? like these road wireless goes at times. And, you know, so I've really kind of stepped up my audio and, and, video and visual game, um, gotten into some script writing as well. So I've eliminated a lot of my ums and stuff that I usually did. Yeah. So that is, uh, it's gotten me to the point where now I'm like, okay, I can now start my financial YouTube channel. So that all has its own level of compliance. So yeah. like for tech stuff, I can just, pick up my cell phone, hit record, and then post it online, you know, right. but for financial not the same, stuff, yeah. <laughs> not at all. Um, right. If I do that, basically I could go to jail, uh, yeah. long story short. So uh, like I have to rewrite or pre-write my scripts, get it approved, film it, get the finished product approved. Now who approves uh, as it? Well as the, 
uh, well, so I'm, in, I'm licensed in the investment world. So okay. with your license, you're not on your own. You have a compliance division, right? Okay. So, um, so I send it to my compliance division and they're, they're going to say, okay, you did this good. You did this horrible. Um, redo this part, uh, rewrite it like this or whatever. Wow. Um, because, you know, there's a big difference from somebody giving financial advice when it comes to like, hey, like this is how you should do your budget or you should invest in this. And they're not licensed. They can say anything they want. But when you're a licensed, you're a professional. Uh, it's kind of like a Dr. Fauci, you know, mm -hmm. he's a professional. So if he says something, that's putting people's lives at risk. You know, they're yeah. going to say, okay, the doctor said that. If I tell you, hey, you know, go wear a mask on your eyeballs. I'm, I'm not a doctor, you know, right. and I'm not going to be liable for anything if you follow through on that. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's doing the appropriate thing. And, and, and that is making sure that because I'm a licensed professional, um, all the I's are dotted, T's are crossed. And then all the legalese is going to be like at the end of the videos and all that stuff too. So it's official type of thing. Yeah. Um, so learning all this video editing for, and it's all going to be in 4k because my, my tech YouTube channel is all in 4k. Uh, that's why I have this monster over here to help me with time is money. You know, I don't yeah. want it to take a two hour time span to render a video when this will do it in 10 minutes, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so I'll have two YouTube channels, one for tech, one for finance, and then, uh, the TikToks. And, um, I'm probably going to do a cigar based TikTok as well because I love my cigar. So. You know what? This, this is getting, this is getting out of hand, man. I'm going to have to get a TikTok now, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to get a TikTok now. It's, 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 it's it's interesting to see something like this taken off. And I, I really, um, it, it's, it's blowing my mind. It's blowing my mind because again, all these trends, it's so funny that all these trends start out with the teenagers every single time. And then it ends up being such an actual real business tool, like something you can really, really use for a purpose. Like I'm, now, I don't want to mention this out loud, but I have to, but like even OnlyFans is like, that's most people think of OnlyFans and they think certain content. Yeah. There's people who actually have paid subscription based business profiles on OnlyFans and they make lots of money doing it. And I'm just like, I wouldn't even have thought, I mean, I would have thought, but my brain would be like, I don't yeah. want to be on that platform. I had, a, I had a successful video in terms of viewership on my TikTok. It was an mm -hmm. OnlyFans video. <laughs> and so it was on my bed and I'm like, I have some like late night music going, I'm scrolling on my bed and I have a bunch of PC fans, computer fans stacked <laughs> next to each other. And so it's just kind of scrolling like this. And then one of the fans, it's the, the brand is be quiet. So then I zoom in on that as be quiet, like late night only fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. See, I got to go check out your TikTok because yeah, knowing yeah, your brain, I'd be amused all day. Even with the <laughs> stuff I'll be learning from, I'd be amused all day. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, it's, it's fun. A, a good <laughs> community. And, um, and it's a great way to market as well. Like there's uh, Twitch streamers that have like 100,000 like uh, viewers and stuff, but they only got to there because of their TikTok account. So like the, the TikToks are like blowing up of a couple hundred thousand, you know, followers on TikTok. And then they're just like, Hey, come view me on, on uh, Twitch. I'm gaming right now. And so they're getting subscribers that are paying them like five bucks a month each, you know, um, my, uh, YouTube channel, 
before I joined TikTok, I had 500 followers and mm. or subscribers. After TikTok, now I'm up to like 4,000 plus because of TikTok um, and, and growing. Um, and businesses are, are doing the same thing. Like they're showing like they're behind the scenes of like what they're doing and they're getting orders left and right, you know, because of that exposure. Um, it, it's, I'm gonna download it's this free marketing now, man. for one. <laughs> I'm gonna you download know, yeah. this thing right now. Yeah, free marketing. Um, yeah, download it before Sunday, before tomorrow, because the whole administration, president administration, they want to like ban it. So I think tomorrow is the day where you can't install it easily, put it that way, because uh, they're taking wow. it from the Apple store and uh, Google store. Um, but these are old men that don't know anything about technology. So they're like, oh, you can't download it anymore. That's not affecting anybody. You right. Know, you can still use the app. You can still install it on your phone easily. Right. Um, you just can't do it through Google's store. You just download the app and install it on your phone anyway. You know, so yeah. whatever. Um, but, uh, but that's the disconnect. They think they're doing something when all of us are like, that's the dumbest thing in the world. Um, <laughs> so yeah. It's making people who didn't even know what TikTok was go download TikTok. Like they just promoted yeah. TikTok. They, they yeah. made more money for TikTok. Like it's, Pretty much, yes, yes. And it, it's the, the whole thing of their issues was basically satisfied by Oracle, satisfied by Microsoft, but they're piecemealing it. They need to just say, okay, across the industry of social media, these are the rules that you need to go by. And if you don't adhere by these rules, then you can't do business in the United States. So period, if you're a US business or a China business, doesn't matter. If you adhere to these right. rules, then you're good to go, you're cool. That's all they need to do. They, they keep mm -hmm. piecemealing, okay, this platform, now TikTok, by ByteDance, and it's dumb, and it's uninformed. Right. And it's as uninformed as those hearings were when uh, Mark Zuckerberg was up there and people are asking him about Twitter. And he's, he's like, I have nothing to do with Twitter. Why are right. you asking me? That Why are you asking me about Twitter? Like he's, he looks yeah. so tired in those interviews. It's like, can you please ask me, like, can you have your grandkids ask me these questions, please? Because you clearly yeah. don't know what I do. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That was, it was so. painful to watch. His whole face, like, like from the beginning of it, his face changed colors every single day. It was like a different color. His eyes mm -hmm. were red. Like, come, like, but yeah. yeah it, that's a shame. I, I agree, but, man. But I, I think that it's, it's, it's incredible to see something like this, and, and especially in the time like this. Um, one of the things that got me through the pandemic, um, especially in the earlier parts, was DJ D-Nice. Um, I tuned into him multiple times and I'm, I was just listening to music and I didn't know that this was like something he was going to do every day and he did it every single day and it got people through because it was like a big worldwide party. Like we're all there, 16,000 people one night, 160,000 people another night, a million people. I'm just like, wow. we're all watching this guy just DJ in his living room. And I'm yeah. just like, can you imagine you being that DJ, Terrence? Like you could have been there. <laughs> I could I could see that for you. I could see That's you being cool. that DJ that's like jamming out and there's just like 100,000 people just watching you and you're just playing what you like. I, I do some uh, some live streaming um, on TikTok. I haven't done it on YouTube yet. But you can um, live stream on TikTok too? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh um, and people give donations and all that stuff, which is kind of cool too. Um, and uh, yeah, another revenue stream, right? Uh, right. But, when I'm when I'm live streaming, it's more like um, this is how I'm building my water cooled PC or something. So it's like kind of how to content and I'm answering questions in the chat and all that stuff. And I only do it for maybe an hour if I, if mm -hmm. I do it. So that'd be like an hour once every lately every other week or so. 
and it, it's it's a lot of fun and i have like dedicated followers that are you know almost always there but um i'm surprised at the analytics where i'm like okay during this live stream i've had thousands of people watching me i'm like that is crazy yeah that is crazy. incredible crazy. It, it's, it's yeah i wonder how they even find like who they're going to follow that day like how does it how the algorithm has to be incredible. yeah the tiktok algorithm is is on point I, I will say that like instagram al algorithm it, it's trash you know yeah. facebook's facebook doesn't have an algorithm but yeah. you know the tiktok alg algorithm is impressive you know i will say that so that's one reason why there's communities in tiktok because the algorithm really kind of brings people together like-mindedness yeah and um you know, it so makes sense. Scroll, it, yeah, it sounds like it makes sense. It sounds like they have they figured out what was missing from the social media industry and they provided it. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did. So wow. So I'm impressed by it. You know, um, I'm not there singing and dancing, but I think I danced a little bit one time. <laughs> you know, I, I'm gonna get back to everyone about your your TikTok. I want to review your TikTok. I'm gonna do an episode about Terrence's TikTok. <laughs> Feel free. I'm gonna go through. Feel I'm gonna free. do that. So what? So what keeps you grounded now? Like, like, I know, I know you love to travel. I know you love your cigars. I know you love to just do different things that that let you enjoy the things that you love to do and you're passionate about. Right now, what keeps you in that healthy balance? Really, just understanding the the world that we live in. You know, some some things I can change. Some things I can't. Um, and so I have to make sure that I'm doing the best possible thing for myself so that I can also help others. Um, so it, it's, it's not an easy answer because 2020 has been just throwing everything at us. Um, but definitely one, making sure that I'm on point with my responsibilities in terms of like my monthly budget, my personal goals, um, making sure that I'm communicating with my wife. So like our goals are met. Um, then of course making sure that my relationships are there with my friends and family because uh, that is a big thing isolation you know it, it kicks everybody in the butt you know um like i haven't seen my friends in buffalo in forever because of this and that hasn't been the easiest thing and it's not easy to make new friends in la now that everybody's like wearing a mask and under quarantine you know um so it's, it's just kind of making sure that you're utilizing the tools at hand to stay in touch with your loved ones, you know, friends and family. Um, my day to day is I try to make sure I'm sticking to my healthy routines. You know, when I wake up in the morning, it's, it's early because the market opens at 630 AM Pacific time. Right. But uh, I do like make my bed, I make my coffee, make sure my dishes are, are done. So the sink is, is clean and, um, you know, all that stuff helps with your mental state. You know, if, if, if your home is looking like chaos, that's going to affect your mind as well. Uh, yeah. So I quickly found out I needed to make sure that my place is relatively clean. You know, it doesn't have to be like OCD spotless, but manageable. You know, or if anybody yeah. came over, not that I have company come over, but if anybody came over, they would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, right. um, and uh, there was actually my university professor, um, Dr. Emmanuel Babatunde, uh, in the honors program, he said, you can judge the quality of a man by the state of his toilet. Wow. That, yeah, I was like, you know what? You're right. Cause I've been to some people's houses and I'm like, holy cow, like what is going on in this toilet? <laughs> um, 
And uh, so that always kind of stuck with me. So I was just like, you know, I'm not OCD with my toilet cleaning, but like that, that is a reflection of kind of how I am with a lot of my uh, effects, you know? So yeah, I may be going on a tangent like this, but I think a lot of people don't put too much or enough value on what your environment does to your mental state. So if your environment- no, that's, that's, is, is chaotic, that's very key. Very, very yeah, important. Then, then that affects you. Um, I know what I enjoy. I enjoy cigars. So cigars are also expensive as well. And uh, I wanted to make sure that I'm enjoying my, my cigar habit. I'll call it a habit um, um, or hobby. Maybe it's both. And it's a hobby. The same <laughs> there you go. But also, I didn't want to break the bank anymore because in this economy and all that stuff, I want to save like houses here in LA that both my wife and I like are not cheap. I'll put it that way. Um, so I still want to buy a house. And um, so I'm like, okay, let me just buy cigars online now, which sucks because I want to support my local cigar retailer uh, because he's awesome. But I, if I can get from him, uh, eight cigars for a hundred dollars, but online I can get 60 cigars for a hundred dollars. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm no mathematician, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm no mathematician, yeah. but if I was to guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe like once every now and then I'll pop into the store and just like really quickly with my mask and everything. Hey, how you doing? Let me buy one cigar, you know, just yeah. to kind of support him. But um, I like to support my local businesses, but, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's finding that balance. So like, I like that, uh, luckily where, um, where I am, there's a park directly across the street. So I go there, do my Tai Chi whenever I feel I need to. Um, sometimes I wake up extra early and do Tai Chi in the morning there. And then, you know, I'll have my coffee and stuff and get to work. Uh, the weekends, I definitely try to do something a little bit different each weekend, whether it's hiking, um, going to the beach, kayaking, uh, just something to enjoy life, you know, the driving range, you know, just, just so I try to do something slightly different every single week. So like the entire week isn't monotonous, right? Yeah. Um, and then um, anime, I've been watching anime lately too. Uh, that, that's been my, what do they call it? A guilty pleasure, right? Um, because I don't really have any TV shows I'm watching these days. And it's hard for me to sit down and watch a movie for like two hours, but, mm-hmm. unless it's like a big blockbuster. So um, on my tech talk community, I'm like, hey, like what anime is good to watch and all that stuff. So I get all kinds of suggestions. So uh, I'm blowing through That's like, uh, cool. Naruto. Yeah, so I'm blowing through Naruto right now. And I have some of my favorites like Samurai Champloo and um, Cowboy <laughs> Bebop. And uh, like sometimes I'll even like go back and watch like the old spaceship Voltron, you know. So it's uh, that that's something that more of my like late night type of things that I do. And uh, it's it's a nice little balance because when the world is on fire and LA is on fire, you know, the the markets have been all over the place. The economy is is doing what the economy does. Politics is crazy. So when I'm day by day managing client life savings in the markets. And so I have that on my shoulders, um, which I'm happy to take on that responsibility because I know I can do a better job than what clients are doing because I'm in this industry day in, day yes. out. At the end of the day, I, I just want to flip on a cartoon sometimes, you know? You know what? Balance it out. <laughs> Listen, that, that to, to me, I feel like it's almost like we're living that scary movie 
when you were a kid and you couldn't go to sleep without watching a cartoon afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same kind of concept. We're just living in that scary movie now. It's like, okay, I got to watch a cartoon first because I'm going to have a nightmare yeah. about real life. <laughs> there you go. I actually specifically bought a big bowl to pour cereal in and watch <sighs> cartoons. You yep. know what? I got a nice See that big right bowl, there. and that's that's that's. You, know, you don't even need Tai Chi anymore. The big bowl of cereal <laughs> is that's it. That's, that's all you need right there. So yeah. now, to people who don't know, what, what can you like describe Tai Chi like in a basic concept? Yeah, um, Tai Chi is an ancient martial art. It, you know, it's it's kind of like kung fu, um, but it is more toward these days of uh, improving your health, improving your longevity strength training definitely um they kind of call it uh, tendon changing at times as well where uh you're really improving the the circulatory system of your body and slowing down the aging process literally uh so it's kind of like a walking meditation so you're moving very very slowly but because of that slow and uh, kind of rhythmic action you're massaging all of your like internal organs. You're massaging your your your, your skin layer as well. Um, your breathing becomes uh, not even a thought. It's just more of a, a natural flow based on your movements. Wow! And when you're moving in a way where you know you're kind of crouching down a little bit, but you're moving slowly, you'll be surprised how much strength that actually takes. So when you see uh, say in Central Park in New York City, a hundred uh, elderly people doing Tai Chi Chuan, like very slowly, like these slow moving arts, you'd be surprised how strong they are, like dumb strong. Um, there's even <clears throat> um, uh, kind of a, an art called uh, push hands, which is part of Tai Chi, where it takes two people. So you're actually kind of pushing back and forth in a Tai Chi movement, uh, really helping to enhance the, the strength training and flexibility of your partner or opponent. Wow. And some of those are, there's big like push-in competitions too. Like it's, it gets pretty intense. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, so like yeah, Tai Chi has been around for a very long time. So I've done Taoist uh, Tai Chi, which is a newer form. So in China, the Taoists were known as the healers in China, right? So if you were sick, you would go to a Taoist temple and they would heal you. Um, and so one of the Taoist uh, monks, Moilin um, Shin, he actually had to flee China because, you know, the communism in China also, they're burning temples back then. So he tried to get into New York City, he couldn't get, it, get into New York, so he went to Toronto. And so he just started teaching Tai Chi uh, in the park in Toronto. And um, before we knew it, we had like 500 Tai Chi locations around the world um, as a Taoist Tai Chi style because he, he merged the, the Taoist healing arts with the, the traditional uh, yang style of Tai Chi. And uh, so that Taoist Tai Chi art really helps people, especially the elderly um, with like Alzheimer's, with just all kinds of elements. It's really impressive. Um, I l- was lucky enough to uh, study underneath them for a couple of years before his passing. And uh, Buffalo, New York is actually the first location in the United States as well, you know, because Toronto had two locations and then Buffalo was the third location, which was kind of cool. So long time ago, uh, I was able to, you know, study underneath him. I'll go to Toronto and study underneath him there too. And um, so I eventually became a volunteer instructor as well. And I'll never forget, I had one student, she was kind of older and she said after 30 days of taking my initial class, she was able to tie her shoelaces again. And I was just like, wow. yeah, that 
that struck me um, because wow, I'm like, okay, what kind of quality of life improvements has, has that really done for her? Um, you know, just using the bathroom, like being like just stuff like that, just when your yeah. life is just like easier, you know, cooking, um, obviously tying shoelaces. So instead of like needing the Velcro shoelaces, you know, Velcro shoes, she can have laces again. Wow. That, that was really cool to see happen in other people, but I kind of experienced that as well. So playing soccer, I was, um, geez, how old was I? I was in college. Um, so I tore ligaments uh, in my ankle and um, the doctor said that I was never going to be able to run full steam again unless I have surgery. And the way insurance worked at the time was either you do physical therapy or you have surgery. Mm -hmm. Those were your choices. I was right. like, wait, can't I do physical therapy? And if that doesn't work, then do surgery. Right. And they're like, no, you have to choose one. And I'm like, what the hell? So I chose door number three, which was do more, more Tai Chi. And in doing that, that following season at my university, I was starting on my soccer team, running full steam ahead, wow. playing striker. So yeah, uh, Tai Chi has some incredible healing properties. Uh, so if you have any ailments in your body, Tai Chi is a path that I do recommend. And then um, the whole Taoist Tai Chi Society, great people. Um, things are kind of quiet now because of COVID, but um, I always look forward to going to the temples outside of Toronto and Orangeville, uh, Canada, uh, for like weeks at a time. I would literally pitch a tent next to the temple and just like study Tai Chi, meditation, uh, the chanting arts of like Buddhism, Confucianism, um, Taoism, and um, open the temples like with all the incense, oils, fruits, like I'm trained in all of that. And that was always a nice way to just kind of be out in the middle of nowhere, it, like in the grounds of a temple and just better understand who, who I am, you know? And yeah. late at night, it's so in the middle of nowhere, you could like count the shooting stars, like it's, it's out there. Yeah, wow. it's, it's pretty cool. So yeah, Taoism and uh, Tai Chi in general um, is maybe not right for everybody, but I, I have not seen anybody that have said that like, hey, I hate this, you know, this is, it's, it's something that's definitely positive. And um, it, it doesn't get into like being religious because you could be Taoist and a Muslim, Taoist and a Christian, you know, it's more yeah. of a way of life. There's nothing to believe in Taoism. It's just, you know, a way of being healthy and helping others. That's all it is. That's incredible. So I have, I have these three questions I have to ask you. So okay. <clears throat> they're kind of fun. One is going to be fun and I hope this one stumps you. So um, first question is, if you can give any advice to yourself 20 years ago, what advice would that be? That one is interesting. 20 years ago. So that was, uh, oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. I know exactly where I was. Enjoy life even more. Hmm. And, and I say that at the, at the state I was in, cause I think sometimes I was a bit too serious you know, why so serious type of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, so in the year 2000, um, you know, graduated from college. I was actually working at Circuit City at the time, um, studying for my Series 7 uh, to be a, you know, an investment firm, you know, low milled, right? <clears throat> and um, I, I definitely, I think because I'm the oldest of four boys in my family, that I was always more of the... Um, 
the more proper one, you know, stoic, you know, straight yeah. and narrow. Uh, because growing up, I was always the one to find new and creative ways to get in trouble, right? So, so my brothers never got in trouble because they saw what I did, right? <laughs> right. And uh, so I think by, by the time I was at that age, I was really kind of straight and narrow, but I definitely could have enjoyed life a bit more. And uh, it took me a long time to really kind of open up to do more fun things and, and really experience life. Because uh, I had the career thing down, like I, you know, going in the investment route and all that stuff. Yeah, sure. But I definitely could have done more dumb things later in life to have more fun. So Nice. Nice. Yeah. So save some dumb things for later, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's cool. I like that. I like that. So the second question, and this one is kind of introspective. Um, I kind of think you almost somewhat answered that. But um, if you can give advice to somebody who's on the fence about changing careers or opening a business, following their passion, following their dreams, um, especially right now in the midst of what we're dealing with in our country and in the world, what advice would you give to a person right now that's going through something like that? I think the key to work and, and part of the keys of life is your day-to-day -day time is incredibly valuable. You know, so you don't get time back. That, that clock keeps going. So because of that, you have to ideally be in a position to work in a way that you actually enjoy life. So like when I wake up in the morning, the market's going to open at 630 in the morning. I, I'm fine. You know, I'm not just like, oh my God, like why is gravity heaviest on Mondays? You know, type of thing. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, let me get through my routine and then the market's going to open. Let me check what all the news and everything. And, and I'm fine with that. I don't get tired of it because that's who I am. You know, bought my first stock when I was 16, you know, enjoyed my economics co courses in undergrad. Um, so when you're when you're in that world of just ideally making money making a living off of the world that you're working that helps a lot especially in this day and age um not everybody has that opportunity though um mm -hmm. and so it, it definitely is hard on i'd say the majority of americans that are just you know maybe working at walmart in a position that they don't like or flipping burgers or they love customer service but they hate their manager you know so yeah th th there's all kinds of things that can make you like hate what you do even though if you kind of like it but in general if you're in a field that you're just like hey this is a really cool thing that i learned like uh, a friend of mine is a um a neurosurgeon actually my fraternity brother um he has always been that inquisitive like how does the something work in the body you know type of thing that's just who he is so yeah. he chose that field that's very specific you know, a neurosurgeon um and uh he's enjoying life because of of that it's not truly work even though it's a ton of hours it's it's what he enjoys yeah um same thing with you know my financial stuff it's not truly work yes there's things that i'm like okay i have to do some paperwork nobody enjoys paperwork for anything hopefully right. <laughs> if you are. Um, but um, you know just get through it and then like the rest of my tasks are just pleasure you know I, I just enjoy them uh, so ideally find out as early as possible in life what you like and don't like especially if you're a freshman in college um, just just take random courses you know when you're a freshman just to understand what you're good at what you're horrible at what you like and what you don't like 
and then find that balance and then just kind of keep running with it, but never stop learning. You know, there's going to be more areas of the world that open up that didn't exist Um, back 20 years ago. uh, Actually, I'll put it this way. um, I had no idea when I was with working with my father to build our first computer that before I think it was before IBM even had a web page, we're here like uh, uh, voice chatting with somebody in Brazil over the computer, you know? So it's like, you just never know like what opportunities are gonna come about in, in the world right. as things develop. Uh, so just never stop learning, um, but strive to in, be in an area that you just enjoy um, and stay away from the areas that are just negative in your life that bring you down. Yeah. Cause you don't get that time back. So why waste time on something that brings you down? And that goes with your circle as well. Your circle of friends, right? Family is kind of harder. You know, sometimes you need to distance yourself from family or increase your exposure to certain family members. But when it comes to friends, um, I definitely have had friends that I just had to disconnect from my life because man, were they negative. Um, and then I've had other friends and I'm just like, Hey, let's spend more time together and like get this done, you know, world domination type of thing. So <laughs> that is, uh, that's that's really important. So I hope that answers your question. No, it does definitely, definitely. You know, <laughs> figure out. No, I mean any industry you're in. I mean, if you're not in the industry yet, even better. You know, but wherever you're in, just figure out some you know things you like about it and continue to learn so work doesn't feel just like work. You know, and and try your hardest to to if you're not where you want to be, learn what you do love and start the process of transitioning your life. You know, so yeah, it's just great information because it sounds like that's what you did when, you know, you love financial, the financial world, but you didn't love certain aspects of the banking industry. So you made that you took the steps to get, make that transition. So yeah, absolutely. That's some of the best advice and it played out in your life. So, you know, definitely kudos, kudos for that. Last question is a very, very, very important question. Right. <laughs> and this is the most serious question of them all, right? I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you water. had to compare yourself or if you could associate yourself with any animal or any living creature, what would it be? And I'm scared because I think you already have this answer. You know what? Um, the animal that popped into my head right now, immediately when you asked that, was a bull. Um, because I'm a Taurus and okay. that just kind of popped in my head, uh, without even thinking, um, I am stubborn. I will say that. And I have to always work hard to get out of my stubbornness at times. Um, I don't want to say stubborn to a fault, but ask my wife, she may say yes. Um, <laughs> but when, when I see something that I want to go after, like there's little, little in this world that stops me, you know, it's, I, I just kind of go full steam ahead. And then it is kind of hard for me to turn at times when I'm going full steam ahead. Um, and, uh, but the bull is, uh, is kind as well. You know, um, that's, yeah. that's what I, I think I pride myself on. Like if I see some injustice or wrongdoing, like I'll, I'll speak up, you know, I, I, I don't like that stuff at all. Um, and uh, even on my TikTok videos, I talk about stuff like that too. I do some motivational videos too, not just tech related. And, um, it's a, uh, I even had like a dream in kindergarten of a bull, <laughs> me and a bull. And that's one of the few dreams that I'll never forget. And, um, you know, I was initially scared, but that bull was just staring at me, just wanted to be by my side. And, 
it's I know some people have like dreams that just kind of stick with them their entire life that that's my one dream that stuck with me my entire life that is very interesting I'm going to send you a picture after we get off this call um because on my vision board there's a picture of me in the middle of the vision board and right there at my face is a bull like staring me in the face and the reason I put that there was because I wanted to be able to intentionally do the things I'm focused on, no matter what adversity, no matter how big an obstacle is that that comes at me. And that that's your dream. Like, and, and it's that bull, once, once the bull sees you're not afraid, it, it becomes your friend and almost becomes like a, like a guardian for you. Like, okay, well, I'll just walk with you until someone tries to attack you and I'll be here for you. And that's kind of how, once I took things into my own hands, when it, when it came to the things I wanted to do with my life, it's like, I started to really realize that, that there's a, a really a, a, so to speak, bull that's just walking with me. And, and that can be defined in many different ways for different people, but we all have that. We all have that thing that we were afraid of that we really didn't understand the relationship, you know, um, of it. So I'm going to send you that picture because it's funny you say that, like it's just staring at you and it just literally just made me think of my vision board. It's right over nice. there, but I, I don't want to, nice. you know, but yeah, right, but that's no. cool, man. So the last thing is this, since you have, you have YouTube, you have TikTok, you have all these places, how can people contact you and how can people watch the journey going forward for you? Yeah. Um, well, in terms of the, the financial YouTube that's not released yet, that maybe in the next week or so. Um, so anytime I talk about that, that has to be pre-approved through compliance and all that stuff, but take a look for that. Um, you'll be able to just Google my name and it'll come up, I'm sure. Um, uh, you know, so I'm a certified financial planner, charter financial consultant, charter retirement plan specialist, charter retirement planning counselor. So I've, the whole alphabet soup after my name. <laughs> and, um, then, uh, and my firm is Stratos Wealth Partners. So then, um, I do have a, um, a website for my part of the firm, which is fiduciaryinvesting.net. And so you can read more about me and um, some of my services that are there. Uh, in terms of the tech world, which is just hobby stuff for fun, you know, that's uh, the TikTok. My name there is DePoets. And um, so that's my YouTube, my TikTok, uh, my Twitter stuff. And that's a lot of fun. Uh, I will say that. Uh, that. That's definitely the hobby that I look forward to at the end of my day, you know, what I'm going to do here or, or what of what of my tech friends are going to be live streaming and like I'm in the chat or sometimes I'm live live streaming with them because I'm I'm asked as a guest often these days which is kind of cool, and um, so yeah the poets uh, which is my old gamer name from the nineties. I so, want to ask you about that. That was the next question. Where did that yeah. name come from? Uh, so I went to Lincoln University, you know, and mm -hmm. so being an HBCU, we definitely had these poetry nights every Friday and and. Um, so there was uh, some talk or something. Somebody said like poetical and, and the poetess. And, and the, it, it was just like something that just kind of popped in. I was like, the poets. It just kind of like popped in my head during like one of these poetry sessions. And then uh, not too long after that, uh, I think we were playing like Starcraft or, or some, some game. And um, I was like, you know what? All right, this is my name, the poets. And so since the 90s, that's been my one main gamer name. And nice. um, I've had a couple other like secondary character names uh, like Cyber Radical and stuff like that. But 
Uh, yeah, no, the poets has always been the go-to, you know, for nice. many, many moons. Yeah. Well, now I have the backstory because I, I always wanted to know, and I mean, I was going to ask you next time we had a cigar together, what was that name for? And then yeah. now I know. So there you go. There I you don't go. have to buy you a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Terrence, yeah. I do appreciate you taking the time to speak with me, work on, you know, um, you're doing oh, so pleasure. many things, man. I, I'm just, I'm glad to, to see you face, you know, face to face, even though it's through a screen, you know, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Whenever I'm down at the cigar shop, I see your see the yeah, the, the box down there. And I'm like, ah, I haven't had a cigar with my buddy in a while. So yeah, but yeah, yeah, definitely keep doing your thing, you know, keep motivating people, keep changing the world in, in you know in your sector. And you know, extremely thankful. Any any last words you have for myself or anybody else watching? I just just thank you for having me on your season three of the podcast three, here. And, yes. Yeah, yes. Very nice. Thank you so much. And just keep going. You know, I can't wait to see what the rest of the season looks like. Absolutely. I, I, I thank you for, you know, for being a part of the season. And um, there's a lot of different things this season. There's a lot of surprises for this season. Um, okay. I got some sponsors. I got some giveaways. I'll have some nice. um, opportunities for people to win some things. Um, mm. Some very interesting things, by the way, but I can't announce them until they're ready to go. So, but I have a lot of things yeah. that I've planned for this season and it's going to be, you know, um, very involved. So, you know, you'll be a part of that going forward. And yeah, just, um, I'll, I'll keep you in a loop with everything, but as always to everybody listening, be dope and be great. Peace.